All right, let's get into uh, days of heaven on earth, and we and we we spent some time last week, just really uh, just talking about the heaven and earth life, the different contrasts. You know, the the heavenly life is a spiritual life. You know, it's a walking in the spirit life. That earthly life is that carnal life or that flesh. You know, the fleshly life. And so, you know, uh, trying to live a life of heaven on earth, that means uh, even though we're living in this earth realm, we're navigating in this earth realm, the scripture says that we're in this world, but we're not of this world. And so, you know, even though it's so easy to, like, I think if we do nothing, it's probably natural to conform to certain things. It's probably natural to say, ah, what's wrong with that? Ah, what's the big deal? Everybody's doing it. And normally the everybody or the things that we're considering are um, how people harmonize in the earth realm. And, you know, there's the scripture says there's a now way to lead to life and peace. But, you know, it's also said we're peculiar people. So some of the disciplines and some of what it takes for us to to uh, how can I say really live our life? Because what we want, we want more than what we see in this world. Uh, we want more than we experience. We want some. We want signs and wonders and miracles. So I would think to get some signs and wonderful miracles, you got to do some. You know, we think Marcus some uh, some supernatural things or some spiritual things. You know, uh, if you want to experience uh, heaven on earth. And so we, we spent time talking about last week just um, uh, just from the angle of when you're operating in this kingdom life or this this heavenly life, this spiritual life, like you're, you're, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, through the pulling down a stronghold, casting down imaginations, every high thing exalted itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity, obedience to Christ Jesus. Well, that's a, that's a heavenly uh, principle of principle like I uh, we, we were uh, we were talking at the gym today and so everybody has a different uh, philosophies of playing basketball so if you understand if you really understand basketball so one of my friends he hasn't been there in a while he came I said man we always say this the game is simple they make it harder and I'll share this transparently when I was in college I remember I was on the sideline waiting to get in for practice and the trainer which which at the time, no pers nothing personal to the trainer if you're still around and you're watching this. But we will be, you know, we ain't really have a lot of respect for him. Like we thought he had like, he would, we thought, we, couldn't, we didn't necessarily prove it, but we thought he poured like liquor in his uh, coffee, like he always had coffee. And um, so he walked over to me, stood by me, he said, y'all make the game so hard. And my first thought, I looked, I looked, looked him up and down and was like, <laughs> consider the source like because I didn't see him as an athlete or you know uh, but he probably was at one time you know but he said we make things so hard but I can see God coming up to us on the sidelines of our life going man y'all make it so hard but I can see some of us responding you know because uh, people have this attitude easy for you to say you don't live down here well, you could be thinking, you don't know what I go through, or you don't know the situation I'm in. And the reality is, uh, uh, Christ was touched on all points as we was. But imagine me and God and having to tolerate humans. And um, like you know what the perfect thing for them to do, but they're doing something opposite to that. Right? And fighting for it. So imagine and fighting for it. And then once they make the mistake, then justifying the mistake as, as if, you know, it wasn't a mistake at all. So, so, you know, I can see him saying, well, you ain't got to be God and deal with y'all, <laughs> you know, just from different angles. But, but I said that to say, uh, we're wrestling out against flesh and blood. So we're going to, we're going to get back into how the adversary has been trying to shock and awe us. Remember, like we talked about assaulting us, like you've seen friends, coworkers, family members, uh, associates, people you're connected with, or people that you you mentor, uh, seem like they're being ass assaulted. Like family members tripping. We talked about family and friends tripping, but we we went to the scripture in Mark ten thirty how uh, it says uh, 
you know, if you lose, uh, was it mother, father, sister, brother, uh, all these things for my sake, it says uh, you receive a hundredfold with persecution. You remember that? So, so we want the hundredfold, but people skip the persecution part. And some of us experience that. It seems like the more you shine, the more you bless, the more you favor. It seems to bother people for a reason. You know, uh, you know, the young kids in school could tell you that. You know, that, you know, you got a hundred. Somebody didn't get a hundred, and they probably was bothered. You know, oh, so what? You got a hundred. You know, as opposed to really embracing. Or celebrating that, which we'll get to in a minute. But I wanted to read this scripture, these, these passages of scripture, which I think will really kind of help us to navigate through this, uh, this heaven and earth life, but some of the things that are happening in the unseen realm that's trying to uh, sever us from our fulfillment and blessings. So let's go to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to start here at verse 16, which is a definitely a familiar scripture around here. It's actually part of survival kit, discipleship training. You know, anybody know what that scripture is? Galatians 5, 16, without looking at it? Walk in the... And you should not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Okay, good. Let's bring a little survival kit. See, all this stuff fits. So, so, so now, just the scripture alone ties into our topic days of heaven on earth so it says walk in the spirit now to walk in the spirit you're 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 mindful of that heaven realm it says if you walk in the spirit you should not fulfill the lust of the flesh so now we're saying that the flesh has a desire to gravitate to conform to to uh uh, uh so z remember we did the teaching making god moves so the 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 flesh wants to make uh worldly moves you know or carnal moves like it's it's man, come on man let's just do this you know right so it the lust of the, if you walk in the spirit you won't get pulled in uh conforming right confirmation you'll 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 still maintain your transformation which is what this, the spirit was trying to get you to do uh, matthew 26 41 some familiar scripture here also the spirit is indeed willing but the flesh is weak the spirit is what indeed willing but the flesh is weak the spirit is indeed willing what to keep you mindful of the heaven realm the kingdom realm mindful of the things of god the flesh is weak it's it can't help but to be tempted by the things of the world you see what i'm saying it just can't help it to conform or to seek approval from the things of the world or to establish itself based on the rah-rah of the world versus the praises of god and the angels and and the people in the kingdom of God, which we'll get to here in a minute. All right, so so that's the first verse, and let's just keep reading. Uh, so this I say then, walk in the spirit, you should not fill the lust of the flesh. Verse 17, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit. So, it, so, so the flesh even, sort of like I was saying with Zamir getting 100, and some people are bothered that he got 100 because they didn't get 100, right? Well, the flesh is like that. The more the spirit is, 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 is fulfilled and doing its thing, the flesh can't take it, right? Because it's, uh, guys are all-consuming fire. That's your, that's your scripture, right? Uh, Hebrews 12, 29. It says, and the spirit against the flesh. It says, these are contrary to one another so that ye cannot do the things that you would. So they're warring against each other and it's trying to restrict you from doing the things you would like to do. Um, when you have time, you can just read through it yourself. We won't get too much into it. Now, Romans 7, 14 through 23, when Paul said the things that I want to do, I find myself not doing the things that I don't want to do. I find myself doing that. Oh, wretched man I, that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? This body just keeps doing stuff I don't want it to do, right? Because why? The, the flesh is weak. The spirit is indeed willing. So what we have to do, we have to empower the spirit. How do we empower the spirit? With the word. The more word we feed the spirit, the more world we feed the flesh. So the thing is, what you feed the most will be the strongest. It's something the uh, Lord has had me do uh, for years. I used to do it with youth where I, I, I would have chairs up here and I would do an interview. So 
we come into the kingdom, we take on the spirit life, and our we almost like reprimand the spirit. Hey, we just came into this life. We got you now. You got me in trouble again. I blew it. I blew a great opportunity. Why are you in my life? And the spirit speaks up and goes, hey, 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 back up. The flesh ate all week, almost all day. Watched the movies they wanted to watch. You know, when you went to the mall and looked at which you know you shouldn't be looking at, that it wanted to, it listened to the music it wanted to, it ate the food it wanted to, I mean, it just did what it wanted to do. Okay, we went to church, got there late, there like an hour, and really didn't pay attention. So, I mean, I got to eat for an hour. And then, just, <laughs> we listened in to Bible study, but I wasn't really paying that much attention. So, okay, give, uh, give me two hours. Two hours of a meal and out of the 24 hours in a day? He said, so when you got into that situation, the Spirit said, man, I tried to, I tried to arrest you. But basically the flesh was like, man, back up. And I didn't have the strength to, to, to fight him because I'm malnutrition. I'm not really getting my nourishment, right? I'm not getting my heavenly food, right? I'm not getting my manna, my daily bread. Give me my, hey, the Spirit say, feed me, and I'll keep you out of trouble. So, feed the willing, not the weak, right? Feed what? The willing, not the weak. Starve the weak, feed the willing. What is it, starve a cold, feed a fever, or something like that? So, right? All right, so, 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 so with that in mind, where was we at? Where, where did we read? Uh, verse what? We was at 17? 18 now. I right, right, says, but if, if you be led by the Spirit, you are not under the law or bound by the things of the world, the fixed principles. The law is a fixed principle, right? Verse 19, it says, the works of the flesh are man the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Now these are telling you when you when you can gauge if you walk walking in the flesh. It says adultery, fornication, right? That's a, a sexual immorality, sex outside of marriage and all that good stuff and, and porn and masturbation, all those different things is under that category. It says uh, uncleanness, lasciviousness, partying and all that idolatry, witchcraft, you know, all those horoscopes and different things of that nature. It says hatred, you know, key one there is hatred. We'll talk about that later. It says variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, you know, uh, causing division, heresies. Look, envians is in there. Murderers. It says, you know, if you, if you hate your brother, you're a murderer. It says drunkenness, reveling, and such like. So it says anything within those categories. Those are the foundations, but anything in the, the cousins, the second cousins, the friend cousins, all of them, right? It says, it says, uh, of which I tell you before, I have, I have also told you in time past, look at this, they which do such things shall not inherit, take possession of the kingdom of God. So, so the scripture talks about in John chapter, John chapter three, it says, uh, except you be born again, you can't enter into the kingdom of God. Then he, uh, he goes on to explain to Nicodemus when he says, well, I'm going to go back into my mother's womb. He said, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he can't even see. Well, one is you can't see. The other one is you can't enter into the kingdom of God. So here, you can't enter into the heaven realm, see outside of the scene, except you're submerged in the spirit, is what it's saying. So this is saying, if you do all those listed things from Galatians chapter 5, 19, all the way through 21, it says you can't inherit or possess the kingdom of God. Then... Um, if you go to verse 22, it says, but the fruit of the spirit, what the spirit produces, so I just told you what the flesh produces is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, that would be a very tough one, uh, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, persuading and return for attack. It says temperance, that would be some patience there, right? Or self-control. It says against us, there is no law, is no fixed principle. Verse 24, and they that... They that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the, with the affections and the lust that the flesh tries to operate in. Verse 25, it says, if we live in the spirit, right, in that, that heavenly uh, 
flow. It says, "Let us walk in the spirit." Right? All right. So, so the so here we have we have this heaven and earth life, and we know that we're in this world, not of this world. We're tempted because we live in this world to conform. That's that's not like like can't nobody call you evil because you're tempted to conform to the world. I mean, what do you see every day when you wake up? The world. That's like somebody get mad at you because you ain't floating around this room and you're subject to gravity. Like, that would be like, what's wrong with you? Pastor Mel, you sitting there. How come you ain't floating? Like, that, that would be, we would go, come on. She, she lives here. She's dealing with gravity. It's a fixed principle. You have to do nothing to be subject to gravity, right? Like, if you say, no, no, I'm neutral, I'm neutral, I'm not in agreement with gravity or aerodynamics or the law of lift. I'm just neutral, I'm just neutral. No, you're not. You're sitting here. Neutral means you're subject to gravity. You got to do something to fly, though, right? Same thing. Neutral means you're subject to conforming to the world. Neutral means it's, it's, the world is bleeding into you without you thinking about it because that's what you, where you were born. You have to do something to be beyond the world. You have to do something to access the heaven realm. You have to put on your faith lenses. You got to read. You got to take on a heavenly diet, that daily bread, that manna. You got to eat some heavenly food, right? You got to listen to some heavenly music, right? You got to speak in your heavenly language because if you don't, Remember we talked about, uh, uh, we'll, we'll, I'll revisit it again, but we, we did teaching on dreams, and, and what the Lord was saying is you have to touch your dream every day. Because if you don't touch your dream, I mean, pray about it. Write down a little note. Because if you don't touch your dream every day, it's so easy to lose sight of it, right? Why? Not because you don't want the dream. It's because you live in this world, right? So your job, uh, parent concerns, family concerns, all those things are what? They're just, they're just going to happen without you trying. But your dream ain't going to happen without you trying. You got to do something with that. You got to feel that. You got to touch that. You know, uh, uh, because if you don't, it's, 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 you won't even recognize the signs. Like God is you know, sending clues. You won't even recognize it because you're busy. You're busy taking care of everyday stuff. And sometimes we'll, we'll, we'll rest in the everyday stuff and we'll justify it, but we're really just like a hamster on a wheel. We're just constantly going around the same wheel over and over and over, and over again. And then we tell ourselves when we get frustrated, I'm going to do something different. And in that moment, you are serious. You're not tripping. But what happened? You end up right back on the wheel. Right? But see, if you start to be more heavenly-minded, uh, the spirit is indeed willing, the flesh is weak. The Holy Spirit will show you things to come. You'll be more, uh, it says, uh, be confident in this very thing, Philippians 1, 6. He that's begun a good work in you, right? A heavenly work will perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. He'll work in you to will and to do his good pleasure. But you have to yield to him. So you have to be heavenly minded. Uh, he'll keep them in perfect peace whose mind is what? Stayed on him. Set your affection on things above, not on things beneath. Because the things beneath, the things in this earth realm, doesn't need your affection. If you do nothing, you'll be overtaken by this world. Like, you don't even have to have passion for it. All you got to do is just be neutral. Be, but you have to have passion. We were talking about committed passion on Sundays. Passion for the things of heaven. As much passion as you have to want to be married, as much passion as you have to want the new car, to have the business, or to be in great shape, or, or to be liked, whatever, whatever you know, uh, the, the things that rubs you the wrong way, right? All right, so that's Galatians 5. I read that, I read that, read that, read that, read that, read that. All right, so this is the thing. It's about this heaven and earth life, and I, I want to make sure I, I don't jump ahead. Okay, I won't. Um, it's about this heaven and earth life. So the, the, the adversary has been working at each level of our life from this, because he's the little G, uh, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, little G, God of this world. He's trying to blind the minds of men. He's trying to separate us from the heaven life. So, so he's not happy that if we just chill, we're going to conform to the world. He ain't good. Like, like, he don't settle for that. Like, he don't, oh, oh well, they just chilling. We don't have to worry about them. Oh, no, 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 no. We ain't taking no chances. 
So he has a, a, a an anxiety or a passion to like, oh, listen, look, while I got them, I got to almost brainwash them because I don't want them to think that they can live the life that God has designed for them. It was it's similar to when the children of Israel were after uh, Joseph died and they started to blow up. So just Joseph is the, is the reason why the children of Israel was brought over into Egypt because he actually became governor. And they put him in Goshen because they, did, you know, uh, the, the children of Egypt could not live. The children of Israel couldn't, they were shepherds. People in Egypt wouldn't even allow them. They didn't want to be around them. But there was Joseph people, so the Pharaoh was like, hey, whatever you want to do, if it wasn't for you, we would all be dead. So they had him over in Goshen. They start blowing up. And Pharaoh was like, wait, they, 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 they're getting massive. Hey, let's start uh, putting tasks on them, get in their head that they're subject to us. Because these other kings could come in, they can side with them and take us out. The more they started to inflict the children's issue, they grew even and larger. And so they started getting fierce. So they said, let's put even more tasks on them. What were they doing? Brainwashing them before they realized we got the power. And that's what the adversary tries to do. He tries to break you down, break you down. Break you. The Bible says, Jesus said this to, uh, he says, uh, Peter, Satan desires to sift you as wheat, break you down to a grain of wheat. That's what that means. He desires to sift you as wheat, but I'm praying that your faith fails not, that you're not so broken down that you lose sight of the heaven realm. Because that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to break you down, break you down, break you down, where, the, where you make your decisions just on what you can see, not the unseen realm, right? And so, so that's what he's trying to do before we get to this place. So he's trying to level. So what he's been doing lately, the reason why it's been an all-out assault on a lot of our relationships and our families, because he's like, he, he's panicking. Because, see, uh, to everything there's a season, there's a time for every purpose. This is God's time of new beginnings. I know God has spoken this out in our church. I get that. But, it's, but it's, it was something that he was speaking to the body. New beginnings. If you really pay attention, if you lock yourself into it, just, just watch. You just, you've been seeing. And, and new beginnings is not, oh, okay, you know, just, just, just it's, it's, it's phenomenal what God's doing. Well, my wife yesterday was so overwhelmed at all the stuff God's doing, she started to feel anxiety. We was driving, she was like, babe, babe, hold on, I just need to calm down. Like she was, but, but I've heard her say she need to calm down. Normally we're on a plane, and the plane's about to take off, and if they don't have the air on, she'd be like, babe, hold on, I don't know. Hold on, hold on, before they take off, like, hold, 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 hey, 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 hey. And she would start turning them air things, be like, hold on, babe, hold on, hold on. Hey, let's go talk to them people. We driving in the car, she was rolling the same way, but she said, it's just too much. She said, it's overwhelming. Yeah. She says, I'm just, I'm just getting, uh, I feel anxiety. She said, just so much stuff is just happening. And I'll just share a little bit. Uh, so we, were, uh, we, we, we had got these checks in the mail. And so we're on this default of getting the church taken care of. So I, so I said to myself, cool. Like, that'll help with some of the stuff because, you know, we... Uh, $9,000 for this. Uh, another thing cost $7,000. We just got a quote uh, for $6,000 for something else. So I said, okay, yeah, that'll help. Then we start driving. I think we was about five minutes into drive. She said, babe, wait a minute. No, those checks was written to us. They for us. Right, and it was, it was, it, it, it might have been an overpayment here or something. They, they were little checks. But it was, so, so she said, uh, they for us. And I said, oh, that's for us. I was like, and then, you know, I picked them up. I said, they do say Keith and Melanie Bradley, right? I said, but my default was everything that we get, we just go to the church. Uh, we will tithe, but we, the whole thing is not going to church. <laughs> anyway, so, so what I'm saying is like, so, so while this new beginning stuff is happening, Aristotle is panicking, so he's like, okay, I got to figure out. Okay, oh, they going to church. Okay, they trying to be in the word. I, I used to just, just could use them. Now let me see if I can use people around them. And so you, you, if, you, if you pay attention, some of the people you've been talking to, you be like, <laughs> like, what in the world? And then you, you, know, you try to do your Christian stuff. You know, your Christian stuff is, hey, okay, 
I maybe I you know uh, you know maybe I I handled that wrong. Now you know good what you're doing your job, and the person don't know what they're doing. But you'd be like, okay, you know maybe I could have looked at it different because you're trying to follow your Christian principles. Then the person loses their mind more, and then they go on attack. But you be like, okay, now now, this, now now you don't lost your mind, like you know. But they tipping in you. You know, like the guy at the gym today, he, I told him, I said, you did good, man. You did good. Because, you know, the guy is just losing it. And so, you yeah, I know you don't like these stories. <laughs> so, the guy ran at him to grab the ball. He wouldn't let it go. But then the ball came out. But it, we had this, we had this big football player on our team. So, the ball fell into the, the football player's hand. He picked it up. He said, so, like, I don't think you won any of this. Right. No, no, no. He was on my team. He was on my team. I stayed away from that one. I stayed away from that one. Um, but it was a good diversion because the guy that was bothering the other guy now focused on the big guy, which, which diffused him real quick. Right? So, 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 so as these people are tripping, I'm going to show you God is going to convert those things. Remember we were talking about Sunday how there's boulders coming at you, rolling down a hill at you. But a lot of times we're looking to run. But God wants us to carve that thing out into a sculpture. Well, the misunderstanding God is going to use to carve out greater character, greater insight, and greater discernment from you. Greater patience from you. Right? So, so we're going to have to pass the test. And one of the tests we're going to have to pass is the misunderstanding test. Now, we went through all the tests when we went through uh, the different tests of ministry a while ago. And actually, it's in a book that I gave y'all. I think I put all a list of it in that uh, New Beginnings Handbook, which I had like t 10 of them on my desk. I don't know what happened to them, so maybe somebody put them somewhere else. But uh, the misunderstanding test. All right. So what it is, the misunderstanding test is misunderstanding that you were attacked by more than what's naturally seen. I said, listen, the misunderstanding test is there's a misunderstanding on our part that we were attacked by more than just what we naturally see. See, a lot of times you, you, you're caught up in it's illogical, the person's tripping, but what you have to see is the person is influenced by something in the spirit realm. Let's go back to our scripture from last week. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, spiritual, uh, uh, what is it? Spiritual wickedness in high places. But I know I forgot something else. Principalities and powers, right? <laughs> All right, spiritual wickedness in high places. Then we, then uh, 2 Corinthians 10, that was uh, Ephesians uh, 6, uh, 10 through 12. 2 Corinthians 10, 3, it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, fleshly. Look, the weapons of our warfare as heavenly beings are not carnal. Like, if we want to win, we can't use our mouth and our hands, right? We, we're not going to, we're, we're fighting. You ever watch the movies where it's like, okay, we're going to have a dude. And he's like, choose your weapon. And a person chooses a weapon that they're good at. <laughs> well, then you're at a disadvantage because this is what they do. Well, we don't want to choose the adversary's weapons to fight against him. Our weapons are spiritual, are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ Jesus. Because Christ will have you use wisdom that will diffuse every situation. Christ will have you interceding for the eyes of somebody's understanding to be enlightened. As opposed to, oh, this fool done lost their mind. Oh, you got me twisted. And then you walk away and go, yeah, yeah, I told them. You beat them, but lost ultimately what God was trying to do for you because they, they pulled you out of the presence of God. All right? So it's the misunderstanding test. Uh, the scripture says this. Let's go to Hebrews 12 real quick. Hebrews 12. And we'll just start at verse 1, but we're going to highlight verse 3. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also... I'm sorry, am I going too fast? Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3. It says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great, great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us. So it's saying that the weight and the sin attracts to us so easily. 
Like that's an easy thing for us to do because we're in this world. It says, it says with it says, let us lay it aside with patience the race that is set before us. It says, looking unto Jesus, so we're playing off of Jesus sitting on the right hand of the Father in the heavenly realm. It says, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, look, endured the cross. We talked about that on uh, Sunday. Despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So this is heavenly talk here. This is heavenly operation. When we're playing off of Jesus, we're learning how to navigate. Uh, we're going to get into this hopefully next week on how we're, we're supposed to be colonizing this earth realm with a heavenly impact. You know, just from the, you know, like... Uh, Certain certain cultures, it could have been Bahamas or what have you, where uh, I believe it's England. I'm not sure. I could be wrong. Uh, but they colonized that particular place. So what they did was they, they, they sent representative in there to show them how to live like in their country. Once they got it, then that representative left. Right? You know, just like, you know, I think they did it with Afghanistan one time. They won the war and they, they brought their people in. All right, we're going to show you how to live a democracy. Because you, you basically was living in communism. And so we're going to show you how to live this. Once you get it down, then you, now, hey, hey, you guys are ready to roll. Well, we came into the earth realm. God sent us here so to colonize the earth realm. To show the earth realm how God wants us to live. Right? And then what he, what he sent was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here to show us, to guide us how we're supposed to be living our heavenly life. You know, what weapons we use from a, from a spiritual perspective. How we deal with things differently than others. See, we pray for them that despitefully use us. We pray for our enemies. Where people in the world, oh, no, 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 no. They attack their enemies. But we don't, you know, we don't do that. We operate totally different. You see what I'm saying? We have a whole nother mindset in how we pro process things. All right, so... Uh, what did I read? Uh, verse 3. It says, For consider him, Christ, that endured such a contradiction of sinners against himself. So, so everybody that, see, up until he really established things, see, we're dealing with a lot of majority of the world is, is out here wilding out. But there's a whole lot of Christians that are not. Right? Like, I've seen places where 20, you can be on campus, 20 Christians. That's enough. For us to have people that we roll with. But I will see all the Christians divided. Right? And then, and I was like, well, you know, all y'all got to do is just get together. Y'all create your own peer pressure. You see what I'm saying? So, what this is saying is he endured such a contradiction of sinners. He was solo. There was nobody living like him. And he, he maintained uh, his mindfulness of God. It says, so it says, uh, endure such a contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be weary and faint in your minds. So it's saying, uh, for us to navigate in this heaven on earth life, we can't faint in our minds. We can't, because that's where it takes place. Uh, I always give this example, and I, I think it's a, a, a pretty decent one. So uh, I don't do it as much anymore. Because I learned some things and, and, and I'm in the word a lot, but I used to play chess a lot. Uh, when I worked in corrections, I played every day. But then I noticed something. Everything I did, I had chess moves in my head. I'm talking about everything. I played basketball, I could see chess moves. Like, you know, you know, basketball has chess involved. But it was almost like somebody took chess and, and, and uh, superimposed it over my mind. So, so I, I was looking through the lenses of chess moves in everything I did. I said, no, no. I, first of all, I don't like nothing control. And then it, the one time when I played the computer and I had to beat it on the expert, but because I'm from the Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali era, had to beat it twice. Well, it took eight hours to do that. And so my wife said, uh, so I came from playing basketball, I played it from six to eight, went in. I said, well, man, I'm going to just play some chess on the computer. I finished at four. She says, uh, sweetheart, I just want to let you know, you know you worked a job today and didn't get paid, right? And I said, ugh, that's a little bit too much control for a game. That's why I don't play video games now. 
it, uh, you know, it's because of the chess. And I had to, I had to limit myself to two chess games a day with the juveniles. I was like, well, I only can play two, man. That's it, because I, I just didn't want none to have that much control. But so the one thing about chess is it's a mind game. We understand that. But a lot of times, if you lose, you lose if you if you fate in your mind. If you quit, if you quit trying to consider all the uh, the outcomes. Like if you get to a point where you go, ah man, yeah, I'm probably. What difference does it make? What difference does it make? You just lost. You got to stay locked in until you win. You know, it just helped me with basketball and a lot of other things in life. You know, I stay locked in until I win. Like I, but if you if you go, ah, ah, you lose. So I'm playing this 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 chess master that happened to work in in. Corrections, and he's playing me. First time I played him, played me and somebody else at the same time, which is kind of humbling. Like I'm like, like I can play. Like, well, he was like, he's over here. And he, I said, what you doing? He says, well, I'm playing both of y'all. And so one day I had him. You know, I I had him. I had all the moves in sequence, and the phone rang. I told the story before, and I knew not to answer that phone if I wanted to win the game. But I, I'm a compliant guy. I'm working at the job. So we sitting there, and I was like, I had all the moves. I said, man, I gotta answer the phone. I, I, I'm at work. That dude wasn't answering that phone because, you know, what was most important to him winning that game. So I answered the phone. When I finished, I came back. Like, I still knew the five moves, but I had forgot the sequence. Now, I could have got the sequence back, but I would have had to be patient, take my time, okay, and go back through all of the calculations to get all the five sequences again. So whatever he, listen, whatever move he made, I knew how to get him. So, so I start thinking, then I got to a point, I was like, eh. I pretty much got him. So whatever he did, I lost the game by one move. I fainted in my mind. And sometimes we're losing in this life by one move. All because we got weary and well-doing. All because we go, well, since it hasn't happened now, and we give up. But this says he endured the contradiction. Listen, how I got in trouble in New Jersey I went, it's probably not a long time to you guys, but I went up to my sophomore year without doing any, you know, getting high, nothing like that, which was a long time in that environment, <laughs> right? Because, uh, you know, through elementary school, everybody's getting high and stuff like that. Y'all remember, don't look at me like I'm crazy to people that see this video, right? So I finally said, well, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm tripping. I fainted in my mind. It was so many contradictions to how I was living Nobody was li now again when I say nobody I didn't go to everybody's house and interview them but everywhere I went everybody was doing different for me so then I made this say maybe I'm tripping maybe now for, I ain't been nowhere but Newark for the most part maybe East Orange you know? I mean maybe to the beach but I had really but I was like maybe I'm tripping so I said well I can't question what they're doing if I haven't tried that was my first dumb mistake uh, then I said, but then, then once I started trying stuff, of course, I got more people liking me because I was compromising too. And it drew me in to a point where now I'm mastering uh, rebellion. I'm mastering how to alienate people. I'm mastering how to uh, navigate clandestine in doing dirt without nobody realizing I'm doing it. You know, some people, the day I almost died, they would, it would have been a whole lot of questions like, he got high, for real? Because no one knew. Like, I, I still was doing the other stuff. What I'm saying is I fainted in my mind. And I've been, and for years, I, I'm late for me, not for other people, but I'm, I'm late in ministry because I had to start later because I compromised. And I had to eat it. I had to eat all of what I needed to eat to for God to reset my life, all because I fainted in my mind, right? See, if we stay mindful of the kingdom, we won't faint in our mind because God will constantly remind us what he has for us. And he will remind us, like, this is worth it. And the thing is, it cost, uh, 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 Luke 14, who builds a house and doesn't count the cost? Who builds a kingdom and doesn't count the cost? Who goes to war and don't count the cost? And the thing is, there's a cost. Uh, uh, you're growing to be a doctor, right? So, but I, you're about to go back to school. You're not in school yet, are you? 
Okay, so you're about to go back. But right now you're doing, you're at a hospital, right? But I remember when you told me you was going back to school. I, like, as much as I know you were trying to get through it, I didn't see, like, man, don't mind what. I saw you knowing for what I want, this is what it's going to take. I said, some of the, the people that you deal with right now, you want, if, you, if you didn't have that goal in mind, you wouldn't be dealing with that. You probably wouldn't even be at the hospital. But it's a means to an end, correct? See, that's what I'm saying. Like, if we understand what you're called to do, you wouldn't be frustrated when you're going through the process. You wouldn't even abort the plan. You'd be like, for what I want is worth it. Now, she will tell you this. This is not an interviewer. That's been my line probably since you know me. For what I want is worth it. For what God has shown me is worth it. But I have to see what God is showing me. And what God showed me was not existing at the time that we were going through all that stuff. You see what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is you have to be heavenly minded to even navigate through the contradiction of sinners that's trying to, like, uh, okay, so... What's the movie? Uh, what's not the movie? The, uh, the book. Uh, we done gave it out. I think I gave it to you. Uh, the Dream Giver. Did you get that book? We didn't give you that book. We didn't give it to all other young folk. Uh, is it? Well, if it is, I'm going to look it up. I ain't seen the movie. But, but, but in the movie, The Dream Giver, the, uh, uh, so just, just to, real quick, the, uh, the main character is Ordinary. This guy's name is Ordinary, and he's in the town of... Uh, uh, familiar, right? And the people in the town are called nobodies, right? And so everybody in the town is doing what, what everybody, the same thing all the time. They're doing familiar, right? Going through the motions. So the dream giver, which is God, comes to ordinary and drops a dream in his heart. Now, remember I said you got to touch your dream every day. So now he's, he's, he's mindful of this dream so he can no longer go into these everyday ordinary same routine situations and be comfortable so now he starts to ask questions <laughs> you know he's in there hey so why are we doing this before he's just like everybody doing the same thing so he's like so so okay hold on okay I, I know i just asked you this but explain to me why like he's just not comfortable with that so now the dream gets in him so much passion it gets in him so much he's like man i gotta i got to i got to go so he's moving towards the dream. So he tells his, his, uh, his mother, he tells his best friend. And his best friend's like, man, cool, man. Go for, go for it, man. Go for it. But when he starts to make a move, he's going to the border, and he sees what was, he's, he already always heard about border bullies, but he had never experienced it because he was never going for a dream. And so he sees the border bullies. He said, man, I always heard about these guys, but I never thought it would be the people closest to me. So his uncle his uncle comes at him hard, like, man, who do you think you are? A nobody trying to be a somebody. You need to go back to familiar and do what everybody else is doing, right? Then he goes and talks to, uh, no, then his mom runs, already, already, like, don't do it. You, you don't know what's out there. So she's in fear of the uncertainty because she can't see in the heaven realm like God has shown him. He showed him the dream, right? Then his best friend says, man, man, listen, I know I was in agreement, but I didn't think you was going to do it. Like, no, no, you, man, you really want to think this thing through. So, so now he's dealing with what? Resistance. So he breaks through that and he meets a, a, a somebody named Champion who had broke through who used to be a nobody. And so he, he makes this move. So the next, that's the that's border town. That's the chapter called border, border town. There was another chapter called the uh, I think it's called Land of the Giants or something like that. But he's going like he's he's going this way on the way to the, the land of the giants. Everybody else is coming back this way. And, they, you know, he, he going this way. He finally done broke through those levels and they come back like, man, you might as well turn around, bro. Like, the, 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 the giants are insurmountable. Now, the giants represent the things that's been resisting you the whole time, but they're bigger. They look insurmountable. So they turn around and like, dude, 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 dude. I, yo, turn around. But he has to keep stepping and locked into what he's seen from the heaven realm. See, so all these little different diversions is trying to get you off of what God said.
Well, well, if it ain't happened yet, sis, it's not going to happen. How do you know it's going to happen? It hasn't happened up to this point. What dream happens before it's time? I'll repeat. What dream happens before it's time? Now, if a dream doesn't happen before it's time, then that means there's plenty of seasons where the dream hasn't manifested. There's more seasons where the dream hasn't manifested than the time that it manifests. So somebody coming to you going, it hasn't manifested yet. What does that have to do with it? Long as it manifests at the time that it was designed to manifest. Right? And only God and what he's trying to infuse in you would know that. Everybody else wouldn't know that. Actually, they ain't even thinking about the dream until you make the move. They ain't thinking about the dream until they run into you. They ain't thinking about the dream until you open your mouth. They ain't prayed about it. They haven't uh, researched it. They haven't gotten to the word to hear from God about it. All they're doing is responding to the outside view of you con communicating something that they don't want to take the time to listen to because it's making them uncomfortable that they're in familiar. Right? And so, see, so, so, but we got to lock in and we can't allow these things to distract us. And see, one of the things that's going to assist us in the getting where we have to go is, um, <laughs> uh, hold on, let me just make sure I got this right, is harmonizing with our whole family, harmonizing with our whole family. See, 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 all these, all these little flare-ups and people tripping like this, it's, it's all trying to, uh, the Bible says uh, six things the Lord hates. This is my wife's uh, chapter. But one of them is sowing discord among the brethren. God, imagine God, you know, you have all these top ten, top this, top six. In the top, all the things that God could possibly hate. Within that top six is sowing discord among the brethren. All right, Ephesians 3. It's the reason why, because I might say, say something that might be somewhat weird to some people, but you'll, you'll see it's the truth. All right, so uh, this is one of the chapters that we endeavor to read a lot, um, and, it's, and it's a prayer in here. I put in your books also. So it starts with verse 14. It says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 3.14. Said, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that you will grant, that he will grant you, according to his riches and glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. So he wants you to have strength inside to hang in there. Said that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that, that ye, being rooted and grounded, what? In love, may be able to comprehend with all saints, what? What is the breadth, length, depth, and height? That's the whole picture. A lot of times we're just seeing a signature or, or part of the picture, or as 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says, in, in a, looking through a glass darkly or seeing in part, right? It says, and to know the love of God which, surpass, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled, look, with all the fullness of God. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask to think according to the power that worketh in us. Let's go back up here to verse 15. It says, of whom the whole family, look, in heaven and earth is named. See, so the whole family is not just what you're experiencing in this earth realm. It's heaven and earth. We talked about this at the beginning, Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Genesis 2-1, and he was finished with the host of them, the heavens and the earth and all the host of them, Genesis 2-1. So God has always established, and then, of course, uh, we were praying for it to be on earth as it is in heaven. He's always established for us to flow with the whole family. So I know uh, we've taught it, and because what, what we've been taught for years, people have deemed this is their priority order, God. Uh, family, church, and what their purpose to do. But actually, the priority is God and his family. Our family, which is underneath that, and then whatever else you want to put under that. See, so, because the, and, I, and, and I'll prove it to you, it's uh, Matthew 12. Something I learned from my sister, who was my 
used to mentor me before I really got uh, serious about the things of God. Uh, what did Jesus say? <laughs> hey, if you really want to know what's going on, she always like, well, I just be looking to see what Jesus say. Give a little shout out to you, sis. All right, so so Matthew twelve forty six. Matthew twelve forty six. Now my heading of that chapter says the true family of Jesus. Right? It says, and while he yet talked to the people, behold his mother and his brethren stood without desiring to speak to him. Like so he's talking to the people. They out there. So imagine uh so we guys uh, so so we'll have a. Uh, uh, so let's say Venetia, you in here talking. Your family comes, but they're outside, and they they they, they grab uh, Sister Jack and says, "Hey, could you go in there and tell Venetia to come out here?" Now, why can't they come in? <laughs> well, his family was outside, so they they're establishing, "Hey, we're more valuable right now." So so we're jo you know your family does this as you go to different levels. You know you may come back home here. You at a certain level of maturity, as and and. and Family attempted to try to prove, no, no, you still junior to me, you know. Unnecess sometimes it's even unnecessarily. I remember one time, uh, I'm say this respectfully, I, I know he just passed, but we was at my, my dad's house and they hit his coat because, you know, he's drinking and they didn't want him to drive. So I just come downstairs, we, I think we was about to leave because you know, people was about to go to another level. So, so well, my dad goes, I said, Keith, uh, where's my coat? So I'm, you know, just, just casual, I'm looking around. It's like, so I don't know, Dad. I have no idea. Well, I didn't. I had no idea where they hit it. And that dude switched up and said, uh, I probably can't say it like he said it. He said, you better find my coat. Like, almost like, you know, I was still low key. I looked. I said, babe, I see you out in the car. You know, she's looking like, uh, she didn't leave right away. Like, okay, what you, what you about to do? What you about to do? But what I did was I went there and said goodbye to everybody. I, I didn't say another word to my dad. Because I knew if I would have said what I was thinking, we'd have strived. He was drinking. My dad ain't going to take nobody talking to him any other kind of way. He probably would have swung. I'm a lot younger. <laughs> so I would have I gained an advantage, but I would have lost my, my family connection. Because they'd have been like, come on, you know. Come on, you, come on, man. You know how he rolled. Oh, seriously, Keith, you're a Christian. Yeah, so I, we just rolled out, and then when I got home, we t we called. He didn't even remember what happened. Hey, son, how you doing? But what what I'm saying is like, but there was a part of him that wanted to remind me of the place I had. Well, that's what they was doing with Jesus. Now look at look at Jesus' response. <laughs> Ooh, this is gonna stretch some of us, but. Um, it says, while he yet talked with the people, his mother's brothers stood out. I said that already. Verse 47. It says, then one said to him, behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without, desiring to speak with thee. But he answered and said unto him that told him, who is my mother? Who is my brethren? 49. And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples and said, behold, my mother, and my brother. For whosoever shall do the will of my father, which is in heaven, the same as my mother, sister, and and my brother's sister and mother. So what was Jesus saying? He says, as much as they're my family, they're not more my family than people that are doing God's will. But I can guarantee you a lot of us don't live like that. We, we, we won't. See, see, even when the scripture says in Mark 10.30, we read that earlier, uh, he to hate his mother, father, and sister, brother for the kingdom's sake. He said, that's the person that received a hundredfold with persecution and all that. But, but he's not saying hate like, oh, I hate you. What he said, in comparison to your love for the kingdom and the kingdom family, it looks like that. But it doesn't mean that you, see, what he's trying to say is, because like, we, 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 we've grown through this in our family. So my son gets married. He's married to a wife. And it was hard for the wife to navigate. That's the mother. That ain't his girlfriend. That's not, I'm not putting her down. I'm just saying, you know, it was, it, was, it was new to her. Here, this is my husband, but he really loves his mother, especially at the wedding. That boy broke down and cried like a little baby, like, you know, the mother and daughter dance. You know, as, as tough as he was up to that point, he broke down. That's his mama. He loves his mama, right? So, but she never experienced, that young lady never experienced that type of love, 
right? But it's still two separate situations. This is your wife. That's your mama. It's just it, it, you can't even compare. It's no, it's no, it's no competition. So what happens is people have to understand it's, you're not competing. Well, I'm gonna prove that I love. See, actually, only your your earthly people think like that. People in the kingdom, they're not tripping on that. They just, you know, they just roll in the kingdom. It's not a comparison. It's 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 a family, heaven and earth family. You the reason why you have more affinity to the things that, that the the family in heaven is because they're doing God's will, and that's what's going to change the world. Even us, we have to do certain things to make sure my son and my grandchildren not only experience a blessing life here now in this time, as Scripture says, in the world to come. We have to do things to make sure that facilitates. But let's say if all we did was comfort them naturally, but didn't do spiritual. Well, okay, they will have a comfortable life now and this time, but what about eternity? So we just go and buy them a good 60, 70, I give you 90 years at the expense of eternity? No, 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 no. I want my son to enjoy life now and this time, as the scripture says, and in the world to come. So for me, I have to play off of the kingdom. You see what I'm saying? I have to play off of the kingdom. And, and, and my son, he's growing. He's doing good. I mean, he's an usher at the church he goes to, Pastor King's church. You know what I'm saying? So, so he, that's what we play off of. So, so, so we're doing best for him to be mindful of the kingdom. But, but sometimes people turn. Everybody reduces things into competition. So it has to be the kingdom family versus the regular family. It's not a competition. You know, you grow, you got some dads are in competi competition with their sons. Moms are in competition with the daughters. Brothers are in competition with their sisters. Husbands and wives are in competition with each other. Yeah, but you did this. Yeah, but you did that. Well, uh, that's nice that you did that, but guess what I did too? We reduce everything into a competition. That's earthly. Heavenly, it should be an inspiration. My wife does something, it inspires me. I value it, it attaches to me too. But if I go, I went all that. Yeah, but I did this better. I'm not valuing it, so I don't get to experience it. You see what I'm saying? Like it's not, we're not supposed to be competing. None of us. You see somebody uh, in their spiritual family and that God blesses them. Be excited for that. Right? Because that's a, that, hey, that's, that's benefiting you more than you realize. As opposed to, yeah, well, they do that. Well, you know, I can't wait till I get... Like, you'd be sitting there not even enjoying it because you'd be like, man, when is my turn? And your time is your turn. Just like when you was little, it was their birthday. You had to celebrate. When you your turn? When your birthday comes. <laughs> you were trained already. You have a spiritual birthday, too. Let them enjoy their birthday. Enjoy your birthday. When, you're, when, when are you going to... When you're when you going to get celebrated, you get all your gifts on your birthday. You see, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful family, but all this, 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 this uh, craziness is trying to stop us from it. I, you know, I'm going to say this. The scripture says, you know, people always go, well, I don't need to go to church to, to be a Christian. I mean, I get all, I get all that, to, you know, believe in God, stuff like that. But why, why has God... Don't forsake the assemblies of the self. Assembling uh, uh, yourselves together. What is it? How beautiful it for us to dwell together in unity. Uh, if you, don't, you can't love your brother who you see. How are you going to love God who you can't see? Why are all these scriptures? Uh, we did a message called God's House or something like that. I forgot what it was called. Return to God's House. Right? If you start looking at it, it's really just about family. Like, like, like my dad, to his credit, I don't care how he lived. He loved family. He loved everybody coming to the house. His whole thing, he just wanted everybody at the house. Matter of fact, my dad used to say, if I hit the lottery, that, that's how he lived. He's like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy this big house, you know, this huge, sort of like they do in, uh, I don't know if it's Kenya, one of the places of my friends at, where they buy huge property and, every, and everybody lives there. Now, the houses aren't, they're connected, but they're not like, it's almost like you got houses on, on a compound or something. That's what my dad wanted. He wanted all his children to live with him. Wasn't going to happen. <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs> Not for us. But, but what I'm saying is, God loves his family together. What's wrong with that? 
why does it have to be some type of uh, obligation or man oh I got to come to church what, what about I get to come to church right why does it have to be I got to come to church like see see it's, it's a family I, I want to read this quote I mean it's an old theologian but it made a lot of sense it says uh, he who does not have the church as his mother cannot have God as his father he who do not have the church as his mother cannot have God as his father see the church is where we get nurtured where we heal right where we get our direction and God is who, 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 who guides us, directs us, empowers us, challenges us, right? All right, so, so, so I just wanted to uh, just uh, have some other stuff. Um, but I, I wanted us to just, just, just be mindful of, as we're talking about days of heaven on earth, like be mindful to operate, try to operate as spiritual-minded, as kingdom-minded as possible, and one of the ways we're going to do that is to harmonize, like to really not be so, uh, how could I say, uh, so uncomfortable around our brothers and sisters that may have their birthday before ours, if that makes sense, right? All right, let's, uh, let's talk about, you know, what stood out for you? What did you realize? What questions you may have? Uh, where were you challenged or what thoughts or any insight? Let's start with the people that's calling in. Can I get uh, you, do you care to share some of your thoughts? 